0: And welcome to Conspiracy Pill um, Bible Study Night. I'm Abby. I'm here with PJ. How's it going, PJ?
1: <laughs> Just nailing those intros. I'm good. How you doing? <laughs>
0: good I wasn't expecting this scene scene scene.
1: yeah no I've just been playing around with different scenes and stuff like that yeah I I was a little thrown off by it too maybe we'll do something different next time let's try this let's see if the chat is working it seems like our chat is back to working over here on even so it's
0: happening with my court I'm like being strangled
1: (laughs) welcome welcome guys to the setup of the stream of conspiracy (laughs) pill Bible study uh this is where we test everything, play yeah, with our yeah, mic yeah, levels, yeah. move the cords around. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Say does that work? Is the framing right? Maybe move yeah. the camera up a little. Little, little, little. No, yeah, this is that, this, this is this what we're is, doing.
0: Does this gun make me look fat?
1: It does. But oh, that's mostly because you're pregnant. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, right. so like every that. like you put everything next to your stomach, and it's like, does it make? I don't know. Is it like a chicken and egg thing? Does it yeah. make you look fatter? Is fat it the or gun? You is it the baby? And it looks, you still yeah. look fat. With the
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, well, PJ, can you like pray for us or something?
1: I, I will pray that I don't get murdered for for the fat <laughs> jokes yes so yeah welcome in everybody uh we're gonna pray we're gonna jump into ezekiel 29 that's where we left off last time we got to the the, we got through all the atlantis stuff aka tire but we know we know it's about atlantis um and now we're gonna get into the egypt stuff so yes which uh, is
0: spoilers about egypt
1: oh man yeah
0: yeah i know
1: way to give that one away yeah
0: gotta pray to prepare us for that
1: all right so dear lord thank you for bringing us here today um thank you so much for abby and for john what a blessing they've been i just pray that uh uh you're with everybody that's here tonight and that we can just open up your word and and um just dive right into it and gain gain from it lord and that you will just use this time to strengthen our faith to strengthen us as a community um and uh just help us through whatever we're going through tonight lord and just let us Put all that aside and focus on your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. So. Yeah. You are lucky that shooting my screen would not hurt you in any, <laughs> in any way. Um, you that could try I know
1: but you know i
0: could try if it had if there's a portal if i could figure out a portal situation but yeah we'll have to talk to it's um, all the talk Tony these days we'll have to that. get a
1: hold of tony or something yeah for sure
0: see see if he figures it out okay there there <laughs> are 29 30 31 32. Wait, one,
1: two, i three, think it's 30 four. 29 through 32 is all about egypt I believe.
0: yeah so that's the plan for tonight i think we're hoping to keep it to an hour We're both tired, but we really wanted to do this, so that's the plan. And if we get through 33, great, but I think we get through Egypt and then we go back to Israel. So
1: Sounds good. Okay.
0: 29. In the 10th year, in the 10th month, on the 12th day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of the... king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt, speak and say thus says the Lord God. Does your Bible say which Pharaoh this is?
1: Uh, you know what? Good question. That's...
0: I do try to ask those. I'm
1: trying. Yeah, no, I'm trying. So we're using the new Bible widget app on uh, on EVMux, so I was trying to keep up with that. So let me see. Um, what verse am I looking at? First 29, verse 2? 1, 2? Uh, two? Uh, two? 2, yeah. Dated, uh, hmm. Pharaoh, it says, uh, Hophra?
0: Pofra? Okay.
1: "Hophra."
0: Hophra, okay. H o p h r a. H o p h r a. Hophra.
1: That's what it says. Should, should who should have been the pharaoh?
0: Oh, okay. So during this it's, time, it's also it's uh, the other name for this pharaoh is Pharaoh Apries. Okay. Um died in 570 BC there is artwork of him uh let me let me look at this Apries is the Greek name
1: How do you spell that
0: uh A P R I E S
1: uh Oh yeah yeah okay Yeah There are a lot of images
0: Yeah kind of a cool one his head there's a head of him at the at the Louvre Louvre in Paris. <laughs> 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 Alright. Well that was that was unnecessary. So okay. This it is seems the guy like All the pictures
1: about. were like I'm noticing that the there's the damaged uh
0: damaged nose?
1: No, well there's the damaged nose, but I was thinking of the the snake. Ah. And I find it interesting because like um oh shoot, I wasn't even showing what I was looking at on screen. Huh. <laughs> Come on this, PJ, the together. damaged snake right there Ooh. um and like half i find it, of inter- it yeah yeah half of it and i find it interesting because when we went to cpac and other stuff like that it's like i everybody kind of grew up thinking it's like a snake in the middle uh-huh. and a lot of them are actually a snake next to was it a bird oh Remember that there were there's the two and it looked yeah. weird to us. And we we're like, I just always thought of it as like just the third eye it's, snake. Yeah. And like, that's how it's talked about in a lot of these circles. <laughs> it's like the snake is that middle Kundalini third eye spirit. It's all like nice. Gnostic Egyptian. I th- Honestly, what I think it is, I, I'm sorry, I know we're getting off track. We'll get back to the text here in a minute. But like, I've been listening to a lot of new age Gnostics this week um, in nice. my research for the Freemason stuff. rosicrucians freemasons all of it and it's like i've always said when you get into these like religions they're all the same religion Mm. they're all kabbalah they're all you know they're all kabbalah they're all uh hindu they're all the same as the rosicrucians or the freemasons or the gnostics or all of this and i think what it is i think it's like the atlantic this is what a lot of them believe too and it's kind of like came up in a at cpac a lot Is like the greeks got their ideas from egypt and mm-hmm. Egypt got their ideas from Atlantis. And then because that sounds so weird, everybody just ignores the fact that that's like the actual trail of like- Yeah. All these belief systems. So I think it is like going back to like these ancient- um, Yeah. Anti-Christian beliefs are like uh, fallen angels that that ran Atlantis type stuff. <laughs> that's that's my thought A
0: hundred, on a hundred. Okay, so we are talking about this guy. God's talking Talk about, about this guy. guy. Behold, I am against you. <sighs> Pharaoh king of Egypt, poor guy. Okay, Uh, Pharaoh king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of his streams, that says, my Nile is my own, I made it for myself. I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your streams stick to your scales. I will draw you up out of the midst of your streams with all the fish of your streams stick to your scales. And I will cast you out into the wilderness. You and all the fish of your streams, you shall fall on the open field and not be brought together or gathered to the beasts of the earth and to the birds of the heavens i give you as food then all the inhabitants of egypt shall know that i am the lord i'm wondering if when he's talking to pharaoh if he's talking to him as both the human and the god he's bonded to because in egyptian religion right he's bonded to a god
1: I think that is kind of a lot of what we're seeing. And it seemed that way in the Tyre thing. It was like, oh, prince of Tyre, oh, mm-hmm. king of Tyre. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the prince of Persia concept that was in yeah. in Daniel as well. And it became very clear at one point where it was like, oh, you're talking about a fallen angel. And it became very clear that that's who God was like prophesying against through Ezekiel. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is another one of those cases where it's like people will get hung up on the, is it this or is it that? And it's both, yes. right? It's both. Like you can't, let, let me put it this way. I don't think you can prophesy against a um, demon worshiping king without prophesying against the demon that he's worshiping or the fallen angel that yeah. he's worshiping. It's yeah. kind of, uh, they're kind of tied together at that point, right? Well, if you've
0: sold your soul to a demon and then God's prophesying against your soul, like... Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah, it's exactly. I think it's a both and thing, right?
0: Yes. So the answer is yes. Yes. Um. Chat is saying that the widget on screen is not matching the Bible I'm reading.
1: Yes. Okay. This is why we're testing it out. It is not the ESV version. I've noticed very small differences so far. Okay. It hasn't been too bad. If it's too distracting, we'll pull up the ESV version. Uh, I just like how this looks on screen. And if mm-hmm. you guys like it this way because we can pause at one verse It's a little bit bigger. It's a little yeah. bit easier to read. So if you don't, if it's too distracting because the versions are slightly different so far, it hasn't been too bad. Which for me. one
0: is this? Which version is this? It
1: doesn't say it oh. doesn't say, um, but I was watching the stream, um, with Evie Mux, the, the two creators of Evie Mux, this week. And they said one of the biggest questions that they get, cause they put this Bible widget in and they had no idea that people would like it. Uh. And then the biggest question they've gotten since is, can we get more versions? yeah like partner with you version and get all the different versions so they're aware of it and they're working on it so it will be a thing um but right now it's just i don't know kjv it's probably Yeah. yeah i think it is
0: okay okay i
1: think it's new king james version so
0: then all okay then all the inhabitants of egypt shall know that i am the lord because you have been a staff of reed to the house of israel when they grasped you with a hand you broke and tore all their shoulders and when they leaned on you, you broke and made all their loins to shake. Love it when the Bible talks about loins. It's so weird. <laughs>
1: Can we go back to Ezekiel 23 and talk about the, the emissions and the loins? Yeah. dicks.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will bring a sword upon you and will cut off from you man and beast. And the land of Egypt shall be a desolation and a waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Because you said the Nile is mine and I made it. Therefore, behold, I am against you and against your streams. And I will, I mean, that's that godly claim, right? I made the Nile.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the literal claim of, uh, I'm trying to think of which God it is. Is it Set or Ra or one of them is like, uh, I'm so bad with Egyptian mythology. Egyptian
0: God made the Nile? It's one of the. The God of the Nile is Happy.
1: Happy? How's that spelled? H-A-P-I. Okay. Gotcha.
0: Let me see real quick.
1: I was just thinking because his name is Hofra, and I wonder if that is like uh, the the oh, pharaoh's name is Hofra. And if Hopi. he's like aligning, yeah, with the names, do they line up in that way?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Good question.
1: Like named uh, after you which
0: pharaoh? <laughs> no, which god was Apries aligned with?
1: I think it's a bit of everything, though, right? maybe i mean they're not they're not monotheistic they're like
0: serving them all uh, yeah you're right they're, they're serving them all okay sorry we don't have to get stuck on that mm-hmm. but the way that egyptian belief kind of ties in the way that god treats egypt is very much like um you can learn a lot about it by realizing what the egyptians believed right and what god's Uh, little g gods, our God was addressing. Um, Okay. Okay. Because you said the Nile is mine and I made it. Behold, I'm against you and against your streams and I will make the land of Egypt an utter waste and desolation from Migdol to Sieni as far as the border of Cush, which Cush is Ethiopia. No foot of man shall pass through it and no foot of beast shall pass through it. It shall be uninhabited 40 years. And I will make the land of Egypt a desolation in the midst of desolated countries and her cities shall be a desolation 40 years among cities that are laid waste. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them through the countries. For thus says the Lord God, at the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians from the peoples among whom they were scattered, and I will restore the fortunes of Egypt and bring them back to the land of Pathros, the land of their origin, and there there they shall be a lowly kingdom. It shall be the most lowly of the kingdoms and never again exalt itself above the nations. And I will make them so small that they will never again rule over the, the nations. And it shall never again be the reliance of the house of Israel recalling their iniquity when they turn to them for aid. Then they will know that I am the Lord God.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I want to talk about this part yeah. for a minute, um, because this is another one of those prophecies that absolutely came true, that there's no reason to have written this when it was written in the belief that this would hold true unless it was an actual prophecy. Yes. Right? Because of yeah. the power of Egypt and the the wealth of Egypt, even in this time. 100. And I was listening to, uh, again, I'm researching the Freemasons, so you guys get a little preview of what I'm going to be talking about on Wednesday. But... Um, I was listening to people talk about like uh, Cleopatra's needles. Have you ever heard of these? They're like these massive obelisks. Yeah. And they were taken all over the world. There's one in Paris. There's one in Great Britain. There's Mm -hmm. one in New York City. It's about seven stories tall. And it's, you know, literal obelisks from thousands, about 3,000, 4,000 years ago. There is one of Apri's in Paris. That's right. Yes. And uh, the the whole um, thing that was was interesting about this is that around this time, right after this um, prophecy, those obelisks fall all mm. five i think there's five of them they all fall into the sand and they're buried there to 12 bc so it was it was literally Damn. um why well, can't think of his name but um caesar that like yeah. uh, uncovered these in 12 bc and then Sent the uh there's like this long history this long story of like freemasons and other occult groups like Buying these from Egypt because Egypt was so broke. They were selling their literal like obelisks to France and Britain (laughs) and America. And Egypt has never been the same. So literally, again, if you look at the timeline, I didn't write it down because it was just something I was listening to this morning. It's right after this um, Babylonian occupation of Ezekiel prophecies. It's around 500 B.C that Egypt essentially just never becomes a is never a power yeah. house ever again yeah. and that's when the obelisks go down and then their power is kind of like secretly like the demonic powers that they were serving are just being spread around the world through like uh this e- Egyptian craze starting late 1800s mm-hmm. through like the 1930s um and still is around but we've got obelisks and crap everywhere now so their demonic gods are just being spread around, but Egypt is is not a powerhouse. This is a yeah. confirmed prophecy did happen type th- thing. So,
0: yep, hunted, hunted. Hundred. Hundred in the 27th year in the first month on the first day of the month the word of the lord came to me son of man nebuchadnezzar king of babylon made his army labor hard against tyre every head was made bald, and every shoulder was rubbed bare yet neither he nor his army got anything from tyre to pay for the labor that he had performed against her therefore thus says the lord god behold i will give the land of egypt to nebuchadnezzar king of babylon and he shall carry off its wealth and despoil and plunder it and it shall be wages for his army I have given him the land of Egypt as his payment for which he labored because they worked for me, declares the Lord God. On that day I will cause a horn to spring up for the house of Israel and I will open your lips among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Okay, 29. so that
1: is that is all of 29. So, yes. yeah, I feel like I said pretty much everything I wanted to say about 29 cool. right there in my rant about the, the Cleopatra's needles. But, yeah, I mean, it did happen, right? It like did, this yeah. is interesting.
0: <laughs> Hunt um, 30, a lament for Egypt, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man prophesy and say, thus says the Lord God wail. Alas for the day, for the day is near. The day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. A sword shall come upon Egypt and anguish shall be in Cush when the slain fall in Egypt and her wealth is carried away and her foundations are torn down. Cut Cush and put and lud and all Arabia and Libya. And the people of the land that is in league shall fall with them by the sword. Thus says the Lord: Those who support Egypt shall fall, and her proud might shall come down from Migdol to Syene, or Syene, S-Y-E-N-E. Syene, is that Sine? how it is? Maybe that is what it is. Syene. They shall fall within her by the sword, declares the Lord God. And they shall be desolated in the midst of desolated countries, and their city shall be in the midst of cities that are laid waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I have set fire to Egypt, and all her helpers are broken. On that day messengers shall go out from me in ships to terrify the unsuspecting people of Cush, and anguish shall come upon them on the day of Egypt's doom. For behold, it comes, thus says the Lord God, I will put an end to the wealth of Egypt by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon. He and his people with him, the most ruthless of nations, shall be brought in to destroy the land. And they shall draw their swords against egypt and fill the land with the slain and i will dry up the nile and will sell the land into the hand of evildoers i will bring desolation upon the land and everything in it by the hand of foreigners i and the lord i have spoken thus says the lord god i will destroy the idols and put an end to the images in Memphis. There shall no longer be a prince from the land of Egypt, so I will put fear in the land of Egypt. I will make Pathros a desolation, and will set fire to Zoan, and will execute judgments on Thebes. And I will pour out my wrath on Pelusium, the stronghold of Egypt, and cut off the multitude of Thebes. And I will set fire to Egypt. Pelusium shall be in great agony, Thebes shall be breached, and Memphis shall face enemies by day. The young men of On and of Pibeseth shall fall by the sword, or Pibeseth, it's probably Pibeseth.
1: Yeah, it's a weird name.
0: And the women shall go into captivity. At Tehaphanes, the day shall be dark, when I break there the yoke bars of Egypt, and her proud might shall come to an end in her. She shall be covered by a cloud, and her daughter shall go into captivity. Thus I will execute judgments on Egypt. Then they will know that I am the Lord. In the eleventh year, in the first month, on the seventh day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and behold, it has not been bound up to heal it by binding it with a bandage, so it may become strong to wield the sword. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and will break his arms, both the strong arm and the one that was broken, and I will make the sword fall from his hand. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them through the countries, and I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon. (laughs) <laughs> and put my sword in his hand But I will break the arms of Pharaoh And he will groan before him like a man mortally wounded I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon But the arms of Pharaoh shall fall Then they shall know that I am the Lord When I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon And he stretches it out against the land of Egypt And I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations And disperse them throughout the countries Then they will know that I am the Lord That's 31
1: Alright, that's 30, that's, that's, 30. that's 30 Yeah, yeah <sighs> Who, yeah? Whew. What are your thoughts on thirty?
0: It's like basically the same. It's basically a repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I don't know, kind of sadder, more poet. It's more well, it's it is poetry.
1: Well, yeah, um, I mean, this one is interesting because it literally goes from. I mean, I know there are subtitles that probably aren't in the original text, but like right. the way it's subtitled in my Bible is. Uh, a prophecy against Egypt, judgment on Pharaoh, and then and uh, a lament over Egypt. And you can hear mm-hmm. the tone shift between like yeah. um here's why you're wrong, here's why you're going to be judged to this sucks. Like this is yeah. sad. Like I don't it, I don't think God relishes in watching these countries fall or having to hand the sword to an, uh, a nation that is in most ways if not always more evil than i don't know if more but like just as evil as as egypt and being like well because you are evil i'm gonna let this other evil person take you out um and that is what's happening here um it's a lot of shaking up of this whole region yeah i mean the entire region so
0: and this is like this is daniel's dream right daniel dreamed that the golden head of this whole head and torso of this whole um statue of of um cascading empires i guess so the golden yes. empire is taking over um and i think pe- the people at the time are just shocked that egypt could fall and tire could fall like yeah. tire that carries the legacy of atlantis and egypt that is egypt like egypt has just been egypt for for ages at this point and everyone just knows that they're supreme and have egypt been has supreme. been in many
1: ways like the continuation of atlantis you know what i mean in a lot yeah. of ways as far as like holding its religion and things like that um
0: yeah. Egypt entire both, I think, were the Egypt like, entire, yeah. And then and then this golden empire peak of civilization is like, now we're gonna come in and just wreck all of this. Yeah. And and put up this new thing. <clears throat> and then they're yeah, only there for sure. a couple generations, right? And then we get The
1: Babylonians, you mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they're like no more ever again. Yeah. Like weirdly so but again it was prophesied right it's like yeah you'll you'll like come in shake things up clean the house you'll you'll throw cast off essentially cut the heads off of the the heads of state of like every one of these states in this entire region right this land bridge of africa and europe in this whole area there and uh then you'll just go away and you'll never be seen from again
0: yeah it's like it's like civilization has peaked right yeah. post flood peak because atlantis i would say would be a pre-flood peak i mm-hmm. i think if we're if we're measuring all this correctly atlantis is a pre-flood peak, peak and of then,
1: civilization and then and Egypt this is, is the, yeah.
0: this is the post-flood peak even according to god babylon is the babylon is the post-flood peak and so up until that point egypt egypt entire were the where the where the where the peak, and then Babylon just comes in and is very, very briefly the peak of all human civilization, and then, and then just goes away.
1: Right. Yeah, and and even um, Babylon's like, Hanging Gardens is one of like the seven, seven wonders, wonders of the, the ancient world. Ancient yeah. world. And it's like you know, nobody even knows, if, like, because there's nothing left. It left it's like yeah, so. Exactly. It's so utterly destroyed. It's like people debate whether it existed or for people just talked about. It. I tend to think it probably did exist. Hmm. Um. But it's a again, weird thing to make like, up.
0: It's a weird thing to make up. It's a really weird thing about. to make
1: up. Yeah, and tell and lots of people tell stories about, but um, and then it's just gone. But yeah, okay. there's definitely a tone shift. I think that's. I think that's what I was thinking. Is like thirty is yeah. a tone shift. It's lamenting over it, and then we go into thirty one, and it is. Uh,
0: We're back about to talking the to pharaoh. Pharaoh, yeah, specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we we kind of. The, the pro- there was a prophecy against Egypt and, the, and then the lament for Egypt, and now we're gonna do the prophecy specifically against Pharaoh. Right. And then, and then 32 is the lament for, for Pharaoh and Egypt together. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the, okay. In the 11th year, in the third month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude, whom are you like in your greatness? Behold, Assyria was a cedar in Lebanon, with beautiful branches in forest shade, and of towering height its top among the clouds. The water nourished it, the deep made it grow tall, making its rivers flow around the place of its planting, setting forth its streams to all the trees of the field, so it towered high above all the trees of the field. Its boughs grew large, and its branches long, from abundant water in its shoots. All the birds of the heaven made their nests in its boughs. Under its branches all the beasts of the field gave birth to their young, and under its shadow lived all great nations. It was beautiful in its greatness, in the length of its branches, for its roots went down to abundant waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not rival it, nor the fir trees equal its boughs, neither were the plain trees like its branches. No tree in the garden of God was equal to was its equal in beauty i made it beautiful in the mass of its branches and all the trees of eden envied it that were in the garden of god this is this talk of this massive tree is Mm -hmm. is one like uh seems to make what's the 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 stuff in daniel about the giant tree it's the same tree right
1: yeah yeah i think there's a lot of there's i think so there's a lot of talk of um The trees, but yeah, and Daniel specifically, it did, it did talk about that, didn't it?
0: And like, is it just talking about it as a metaphor or is it referencing an actual tree? Because there are these stories around the world of these world trees in, in, in these ancient places.
1: I don't know if there's enough like here to make that, but I understand like that. I would love to do more about the whole world trees stuff. I would too. Um, because there's definitely a lot of, I mean, you got to, yeah, there's a lot of people in their time. There's, you know, different reference points than, than what we would have. Yeah. A lot of reference points are trees, fruits, gardens, um, nature, because, you know, yeah. d- people were not all stuck inside all the time. But yeah, no, I, I, think, I think that there definitely could be um, some references in the Bible to like this world tree idea. I'm not sure if this is one, but yeah. It's interesting.
0: Okie dokie. Um, it goes on about the tree. Therefore, thus says the Lord God. Uh, it Okay, sorry. This thing about every single tree in the garden is envious of it. Like that includes the tree of life and the tree of knowledge, right?
1: Mm, yeah. You Are we think, talking about the garden of Eden?
0: So? Yeah. It says, I made it beautiful in the mass of its branches and all the trees of Eden envied it that were in the garden of God.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: It, yeah. The cedars in the garden of God could not rival it, nor the fir trees equal its boughs. Neither were the plane trees like its branches. No tree in the garden of God was its equal in beauty. I made it beautiful in the mass of its branches, and all the trees of Eden envied it that were in the garden of God. So strange a way to be talking about Assyria.
1: Mm-hmm. What verse is that again? I want, I'm just curious, because mm, that is interesting.
0: Eight and nine.
1: Eight and nine. Yeah, there's like no like I was looking if there's like any footnotes down here of like, because that's such an interesting thing, like to just get lost in the rest of it. Right.
0: It just it feels like the same as as the Tire Atlantis passage. where like, he's kind of talking about Tire, but he's kind of talking about Atlantis. And it kind of feels like he's kind of talking about Syria, but he's kind of talking about this tree that was in the garden.
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: Okay. Hmm. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because it towered high and set its top among the clouds and its heart was proud of its height, like the tree is personified, Right. I will give it into the hand of a mighty one of the nations. He shall surely deal with it and as its wickedness deserves, I have cast it out. Foreigners, the most ruthless of nations have cut it down and left it on the mountains and in all the valleys, its branches have broken and its boughs have been broken in all the ravines of the land and all the peoples of the earth have gone away from its shadow and left it. On its fallen trunk dwell all the birds of the heavens, and on its branches are all the beasts of the field. All this in order that no trees by the waters may grow to towering height or set their tops among the clouds, and that no trees that drink water may reach up to them in height. For they are all given over to death to the world below among the children of man, with those who go down to the pit. Are... (laughs) Are those verses saying that this is the time when all of the, all of the massive trees die?
1: Read that one more time, thirty one fourteen.
0: Yeah, all this in order that no trees by the waters may grow to towering height or set their tops among the clouds, <clears throat> and that no trees that drink water may reach up to them in height, for they are all given over to death to the world below among the children of man, with those who go down to the pit. Like before this, it seems like it's saying that there were these kind of heavenly trees that were reaching incredible heights. And then after this, they're all like relegated to earth and and, and human.
1: It does make me wonder though, like we have all this stuff in the, you know, Old Testament um, and other places about like the high places and like yeah. what was going on at these high places and with the gods, like, like there's stories everywhere from these times of yeah. the lowercase G gods, like fallen angels stuff, like coming down to these areas. It just makes me wonder if like that is being cut off from these people, like the actual like physical yeah. um, connection between like, like a veil the, between realms, down. right? Yeah like kind of like how in the the why well, can't think of the tower of babel right like this connection point between
0: oh yeah
1: between earth the earth realm and like the heavenly realm is what they're trying to reach you know it's not just like a really tall thing. like some people yeah. look at tower of Babel and be like oh these idiots got you know I- these idiots thought they could build a a ladder a and it would reach heaven. god yeah. and it's like that didn't god didn't get mad because they built a tall building like that's a yeah. stupid take like if you think the people were dumb which it's you know chronological <laughs> chauvinism anyway um, you h- certainly don't think God is so stupid to be like, oh yeah, I'm actually worried about like them building this connection point between yeah Earth and heaven. So whenever I read stuff like this about like towering trees, um, and uh, what does it say? Um, for their living in the midst of yeah. Anyway, it, it just seems like it's a connection point yeah. type thing there, which also is the imagery in a lot of cases of like. These life trees and stuff like that, like whether it's Odin's life tree or the
0: yeah, like the world tree, the
1: world tree, yeah, the world. It's Odin's is called the world tree, and then there's well, also like let's the kabbalistic co-cobal, world tree, and there's a bunch of other different examples of it. Um, to the end, none of these trees by their waters exalt themselves to that height.
0: Hmm.
1: And again, that could mean none of these nations are going to grow as big as they once did, but. I don't think that's entirely true because we've got Alexander the Great is still coming. And he's prophesied by Daniel in this exact same time. Maybe there's an argument to say that Alexander the Great didn't. That's kind of a hard argument. The British Empire, things like that. I don't think it's just that nations won't be as great or or reach as much heights. I think it's probably something more than that. I don't know.
0: Okay, I want to let me finish this chapter, and then I want to go back to Daniel and kind of review how he talked about the tree the that Nebuchadnezzar. the tree that was Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. Because um, I think it's more than a metaphor. It feels like it's more than a metaphor. Right. Um, but there is a metaphorical aspect to it because God is connected, like in the prophecy, it's like Assyria is the tree. So there's a connection point between the tree and the nation. But that doesn't mean in the same way that, like, the Prince of Persia is connected to Persia, but he, he, he isn't, like, he isn't Persia. Right, so. right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. Thus says the Lord God, on the day the cedar went down to Sheol, I caused mourning, I closed the deep over it and restrained its rivers and many waters were stopped. I clothed Lebanon in gloom for it and all the trees of the field fainted because of it. I made the nations quake at the sound of its fall when I cast it down to Sheol with those who go down to the pit and all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of Lebanon, all that drink water were comforted in the world below. They also went down to Sheol with it to those who who are slain by the sword Yes, those were who were its arm, who lived under its shadow among the nations. Whom are you thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? You shall be brought down with the trees of Eden to the world below. You shall lie among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh, and all his multitude declares the Lord God.
1: So that's the rest of, yep, okay, that's the rest of Ezekiel 31.
0: It kind <clears> of <throat> sounds like the trees of Eden got up and walked to different countries around the world (laughs) it kind of
1: i feel like i'm missing something i want to understand the the tree imagery that's in like you said both daniel and ezekiel Uh, you want you said you wanted to go back to um,
0: yeah i'm trying to find this let's see Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. Yes, here we go. Okay. It's it's Daniel four.
1: Daniel Four. Mm-hmm. If I can spell. <laughs> All right, Daniel four. Which and, verse?
0: Uh, ten. Let's do verse ten.
1: Verse ten. There we go.
0: So this is um. Nebuchadnezzar is telling Daniel his dream, his second dream. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was fruit for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven he proclaimed aloud and said thus chop down the tree and lop off its branches strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches but leave the stump of its roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field let him be wet with the dew of heaven let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth let his mind be changed from a man's and it goes on into more specific prophecy and then the interpretation where it's like the tree is you and you're going to go and go mad and eat grass like an ox and get wet with the dew for a couple of years and then humble yourself and come back to God. That whole passage.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was looking at this here um, about uh, prophetic, li- prophetic literature and the uh, trees, and it says in the ancient Near East, the cosmos were often envisioned as a tree. The tree was seen to be a center pillar of the universe. And then it says, uh, it goes on to talk about the world tree. The Description of the world tree or cosmic tree in Ezekiel 17, 31, and Daniel 4, which is what you just brought up. Um, Mm. Such trees are portrayed as objects of beauty, grandeur, and abundant fertility. They become shelters for all sorts of creatures and sources of substance of life picture of the cosmic tree is then used in Ezekiel 31 to describe a great kingdom or the king himself. A kingdom so great that Mm -hmm. just like the cosmic tree, it provided shelter and food to many under its protection. But the tree became arrogant against God and due to its pride, it was cast down. I feel like it. Yeah. So I'm not we're not the only ones noticing that this seems to be like cosmic tree reference stuff. Right. Yeah. But I'm just still not sure like if it's if that's fully
0: yeah i don't know it feels like it's about a lot of things like if i had to if i had to make if i had to theorize right i i kind of already buy into this idea of these basically fallen angel blood trees or Mm. or trees that have some sort of something about them because there seems to be a bunch of evidence of these absolutely massive ancient trees that were worshipped right and then to Some of those the,
1: cases, could it be literal? Like, could there literally be a fallen angel blood tree, like that was cast down in these areas? And it's like, this yeah. is your source of your power. This like fallen angel, like like uh, why well, can't think of the movie, um, the blue people, yeah, Avatar. Is avatar. it like they literally have those Avatar, trees. right? And then someone comes in and destroys their life tree, and they become wiped out and useless and yeah. meaningless afterwards. Like, could that be a very literal, real thing that happened? And we're just like trying to be like well it sounds like a life tree it sounds like the cosmic tree it sounds like all this there's just but too it much, can't be literal
0: there's too much mythology also about if it, it is a, yeah. a fallen
1: angel tree like it's being cast down to sheol right it's being cast yeah. down to like tartarus and things like that is that not where the fallen angels are sent like that's
0: the if it's so feels so weird for god to be talking about a tree that's a metaphor for a country ostensibly that.
1: That's what's weird to me is, like, I'm reading biblical hermeneutics and some, a couple other people, and they're all like, it's means the country, but it also means the cosmic tree, and it's like the cosmic tree, yeah. but, like, the connections all seem a little like, yes, we understand this exactly sounds like the cosmic tree, and yes, we understand that it's a reference to the country, the king. I mean, that's that part's obvious, but, like, what's the connection between those two? It right. seems a little, like... Is it just an allegory of pride that's being used in two ways? Because I'm, I don't know. It's it's weird to me.
0: It's funny because it's like there's the, there's like, sometimes it's talking about an individual tree, and then sometimes it's like the the trees of Eden, like this yeah. whole passage in Ezekiel about the trees of Eden and how they're envying the one tree. But there's a bunch of trees of Eden, and there's there's a tree in Lebanon, and there's a tree in, um, Assyria, and and there's a tree that's like Nebuchadnezzar and
1: uh okay here's something interesting there are uh, other examples in the bible of angels being symbolized as trees
0: Ooh.
1: uh judges 9 8 through 15 okay, is a parable okay. of trees that's about angels um
0: judges, judges.
1: see this is my thought this is my thing it's like sometimes we forget that there are clear people understood at their time what certain mm-hmm. references meant so we'll read the like stars like let me put it this way You've all heard to wish upon a falling shooting star, right? And everybody's mm-hmm. just kind of taking that for granted. Like, what is that? Um, but if you understand the Bible says that shooting stars, falling stars are a reference to fallen angels. It is a wish to a right. fallen angel. right? And it's something that as Christians we should be thinking, you know, cognizant about of like, hey, you know, it probably is meant in- innocuously. But like you're quite literally wishing, reaching out, like giving right. your ho- prayers essentially to like fallen angels um, but we just don't understand that because we don't have that like understanding of fallen shooting stars, fallen stars, fallen angels. That symbolism yeah. is important in the Bible. So what's the the tree thing has got to be important, right? And it's just like glossed over as, I know we're getting off, you know, whatever. Yeah. This is the whole point of doing this. It's like find the things in the Bible that's not being talked about and try to make sense of them. Yeah. So, uh, hold on, judges, you have something you pulled up?
0: No, the the judges thing is like, it's not about big trees. It's it's like, and the fig tree said to the vine. There's like a metaphor there with trees and vines. There's it's also in Ezekiel 17, but it's less interesting to me because it's it's a little bit more like, oh, you're just telling like a, um, a parable.
1: Right. I guess I guess the the what I'm saying though is like, is it possible? Maybe I'm wrong on this. That trees were like an understood symbol of angels at it. In, well, yes, at f- times.
0: yes, but I'm kind of disagreeing with whatever that page was that said that the judge's passage and Ezekiel 17 were are, are the same category because they're talking about normal sized trees and vines. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Seems to be something really different when we're talking about like a massive tree that all the birds of the heavens and all the beasts of the field are gathering around and the other trees in the garden of God are jealous and all this stuff right it's just it's interesting it's interesting but there's enough of uh, there's enough of whenever I see something in, in a lot of different mythologies and then I see it in the Bible it's like wait a second
1: <laughs> what? I want to I do want to read yeah. this part really quick cause this is interesting maybe maybe we're, maybe it's wrong but it says biblically the angels which did not keep their first estate uh, God cast into hell and reserved in eternal chains under darkness until the great Judgment. Peter t- t- calls us Tartarus. Um, given the account in Judges nine eighteen through or nine eight through fifteen, Ezekiel thirty one, Eden was not only a garden for the creation of mankind, but the original dwelling place of the angels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With a rebellion that began by many of the angels seeking a king to reign over them, the fig tree, olive tree, and vine each symbolize an angel or type of angel oh. refused. Uh, r- refused. While the bramble, Satan became their leader. Oh. Sometime after the fall of the angels, Eden was destroyed and turned into a desolate wilderness. So huh. it does seem like Ezekiel 31 and, and judges might actually be using the same idea of trees as 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 a metaphor for fallen angels. OK, possibly. Okay.
0: No, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Um and maybe there's like a Here,
1: here's here's other symbols of trees. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just finding this interesting because I've never thought of I've never thought of this before. And now as we're reading, I'm like, there's something weird about the tree stuff. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: So maybe I'm getting stuck on the size, because I think that there's some passages that are talking about the trees <clears throat> in this like parable way where the tree is talking to the olive branches, talking to the bramble. And and yeah, I, I'm I'm not saying that they don't stand for those things. But there's no like size comparison to humans, I guess, in that those particular passages. And then in this one there is a size comparison to humans. Uh, this and in Daniel we have size comparison to humans where they're like described as incredibly massive.
1: It could anyway. be, but I mean in judges, it's only like there are no humans in that parable. That's what so I'm saying. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and also, I mean, like the Cedars of Lebanon, that concept, like they were huge. They were used as plenty of times about the Bible's like a big and be- pr- proud, beautiful, like a sign of, of pride, right? Uh-huh, so like, uh-huh. it could be a little bit both. Um, I'm just looking here. Fig. In, in Isaiah 14, it refers to Lucifer, uh, the fallen angel, when God punished the rest. The earth is at rest when the fir trees are rejoicing, the cedars of Lebanon saying, since you are laid down, no feller is come up against us. So... I don't know. Maybe there is something to the whole parable. Like, there's a lot of parables about the cedars of Lebanon that seem to be in reference to fallen angels. Zechariah, Revelations.
0: Maybe we should do a whole study on it. Yeah. Because I've also wondered... I think this is just a
1: question we should put a pin in. I have nothing definitive to say, but, like, this is something I've never thought of before. So maybe it'd be an interesting thing.
0: I've also wondered about, like, so with... C.S. Lewis when he talked about like the creation story in in The Magician's Nephew his conception of it was that the things that were created by God the, the things that like were, were originally touched by God's hand had a lot more like life and sentience than the things that came later so mm-hmm. like the talking animal legacy and the I guess certain trees and and things like that, like were were more. They were just more than like later generations, right? And some of that was preserved and some of it wasn't. So you wonder if like the things that are described in the creation story, where God's like creating trees and plants on the earth and at first as the first life, and then and then the animals and then the humans, if that isn't actually talking about the creation of the angels but we don't like recognize it as such
1: yeah that's interesting like i said i think i think it's definitely something (laughs) something to put a pin in and come back to later yeah
0: okay we'll do that um
1: okay all right we we're doing one more chapter so we got through 31 let's do 32 and then we'll come back next time, which is 33, the renewal of Ezekiel as the watchman. Mm. And that goes back to Israel, prophecies against Edom, and uh, eventually getting to the Valley of Dry Bones, which is something I've been wanting to get to. Yeah. Okay. So.
0: In the 12th year, in the 12th month, in the first day of the month, the word of the Lord on, came to me. On.
1: Ezekiel, What? which one? 32? 32. If I could spell. <laughs> Yeah, there needs to be a little bit better um, way to, uh, there we go, to find the verses. There we go, we're at, all right, cool. Uh,
0: Okay. Son of man, raise a lamentation over Pharaoh, king of Egypt and say to him, you consider yourself a lion of the nations, but you are like a dragon in the seas. You burst forth in your rivers, trouble the waters with your feet and foul their rivers. Thus says the Lord God, I will throw my net over you with a host of many peoples, and they will haul you up in my dragon, in my dragnet. And I will cast you on the ground. On the open field I will fling you and will cause all the birds of the heavens to settle on you. And I will gorge the beasts of the whole earth with you. I will strew your flesh upon the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcass. I will drench the land even to the mountains with your flowing blood. And the ravines will be full of you. When I blot you out, I will cover the heavens and make their stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon shall not give its light. All the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over you and put darkness... On your land, declares the Lord God. This feels like revelation, doesn't it? Like it does. Like the final casting down of the dragon situation.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it definitely, the language is very similar, right? Yeah. I'll cover the heaven, make the stars there of dark, and I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. It does sound mm-hmm. exactly like, it all does. the bright lights of heaven I will make dark over thee, and set darkness upon thy land, says the Lord God.
0: Yeah. I will trouble the hearts of many peoples when I bring your destruction among the nations into the countries that you have not known. I will make many peoples appalled at you, the, and the hair of their kings shall bristle with horror because of you when I brandish my sword before them. They shall tremble every moment, and everyone for his own life on the day of your downfall. I wonder if some of like the, the issue with our understanding of these pro- prophetic moments mm-hmm. is that in heaven it's all happening at once. And so certain moments are going to like echo through multiple layers of time, and so sometimes a pro- he's like it's almost like Ezekiel's getting a prophecy of one thing, but it's like connected to all these other things, and the the poetry is just kind of coming out in one big. I think that could be it. Meld. I
1: also think so. Here's here's an interesting phrase that's coming up in this um, mm-hmm. part, and that comes up in Daniel, and comes up in a few other places. Maybe it's just something that we don't have an understanding of anymore mm-hmm. as much. So the, the phrase the day of the Lord, right? So uh-huh. if you read this, it's like the day of the Lord, God will do this, he'll do this, do this, do this. Do this. And it sounds like Daniel, it sounds like Revelation, it sounds yeah. like Matthew, and it sounds like all these things. And it could very much be that, but it also seems like there are times where it's like, yeah, no, God did this, like 500 BC or, or yeah. this point in time, and it's not Revelation. But the phrase, the day of the Lord, according to God questions, um, it says that it's essentially the key way to understanding this is that it's whenever God personally intervenes in history like sticking oh. his hand like into our realm and like physically moving shit around like like you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just like influence instead of just like hey Ezekiel go tell them to do this or else and then he's like alright it's the or else part well now I'm coming physically into physically. your realm and like huh. flicking over stuff and like messing, messing up the game board a little bit right? Got it. So I think that the the reason that we see this re- phraseology repeated over and over and over again is like this is this is the this is literally <laughs> the Lord of the Lord of the universe, the creator of everything stepping from his realm into our realm. Uh-huh. So like the blacking out of the stars and the sun and the moon, like it's the presence of the Lord. <laughs> like it's like right. that big and massive. So I think that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe it's just like one of those things where. I hope that's helpful to people. I don't know. I think that's interesting to think about the day of the Lord is like, I've always kind of had it in my head. It's like, this is how we hear revelation is spoken about. Right. But it's spoken about other times. And I think that's because we're supposed to understand when it's revelation, it's like, I've done this in the past. This is what it looked like. And this is going to be the worst of all of those times. And revelation tells us that, that it's going to be like every other time that he's like physically stepped into history and like messed with things. uh, This is going to be like that on steroids. So what if...
0: What if he only did it once, though? What do you touched? mean by, by once? What if, he, what if the day of the Lord for for the Lord was one day where he stepped in? But for us, it's all of these moments throughout history that mirror and mimic each other in, in varying degrees. Could be.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's very interesting because it's like one of those uh, time, it's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey things that's like interesting. <laughs> Um, I was just looking through references to the Day of the Lord in in uh, Scripture. It's in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Zepaniah, Zechariah, Malachi. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: because and, is the and first a lot of one, times right? it's
1: future pro- Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. Uh, behold, the Day of the Lord is coming. Okay, so here here's another interesting thought too. Is like when we did our study on Ezekiel or on Daniel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I realized. We've we've shown that idea where it's like the Bible is sometimes, du- not sometimes, most of the time it's dual prophecy. Like right. it's fulfilled here and here.
0: And here, yeah. uh,
1: And we talked about that a little bit where it's like even the prophecies around Jesus were fulfilled originally, some of them in Moses. And then Jesus tells us why that is because Moses brought the law and he came to fulfill the law. And that's why we see the correlation between the prophecies yeah. are the same on, on both ends um, coming out of Egypt and stuff like that. But... Um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, with Daniel, it seems like a lot of prophecy gets talked about only specifically in like end time revelation stuff. Mm. And what I think that people are missing, and again, this is a could be both and situation, is like there was a first coming of Christ, and Daniel prophesied a lot about the first coming of Christ that we can see literally happening. Yeah, um, the, the desolation of abomination on the altar that happened with the Maccabean revolt. Right. Um, we have a very specific king. Uh, that took over after Alexander and that whole, like that whole thing was like played out exactly the way we've got like the progression of kingdoms on down. Um, And I think that sometimes there are prophecies that are being shown to us to have been fulfilled in that first coming. So like when it says the day of the Lord, I wonder if there's two, like if if we're thinking of it in the way that you're thinking of, it's like the day of the Lord of like Christ coming into the world in the first coming of christ which kind of gets overlooked as like the insignificance of that and like right. the prophetic um right. significance of that through daniel and ezekiel and and uh isaiah specifically um and then we've got the second coming and i feel like everybody's so focused on the second coming they forget like the mirroring uh pro- right dual prophecy of the bible that makes it to me i think it's, it's interesting i don't even know if i have anything else to say other than like it's fascinating yeah. to me, and I think a lot of Daniel, well, we forget that it's like, no, we, he was telling us about the first coming of Christ very specifically a lot, and right. it might mirror the second coming, but like let's not o- overlook the fulfilled prophecy right. of Daniel already, right?
0: Yeah, they're big in different ways, right? But like the first coming is kind of quiet and, and easy to overlook from from an earthly standpoint.
1: Because he came into the earth as a babe in a manger, right? right. And then th- the second time he's coming with like a sword. So yeah, d- right. the first one's e- little, <laughs> easier, least, to little easier to,
0: <laughs> to overlook
1: <laughs> than, uh, you but know, like, on a white even, horse with the, yeah.
0: Even the things that Jesus did were spiritually incredibly significant mm-hmm. um, and, and shook the heavens, right? But, and obviously he fundamentally altered heaven and hell in that coming Mm -hmm. but like we see very little on earth and then and then the second coming is like pretty much everything in heaven and hell is like done already but he's just doing the earth part
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
0: Just the loose ends of it all okay um let's see
1: 32
0: 11 12 yeah um, For thus says the Lord God, the sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon you. I will cause your multitude to fall by the swords of mighty ones, all of them most ruthless of nations. They shall bring the ruin to ruin the pride of Egypt, and all its multitude shall perish. I will destroy all its beasts from beside many waters, and no foot of man shall trouble them any more, nor shall the hoofs of beasts trouble them. Then I will make their waters clear and cause their rivers to run like oil, declares the Lord God. When i make the land of egypt desolate and when the land is desolate of all that fills it when i strike down all who dwell in it then they will know that i am the lord this is a lamentation that shall be chanted the daughters of the nation shall chant it over egypt and over all her multitude shall they chant it declares the lord god in the twelfth year in the twelfth month on the fifteenth day of the month the word of the lord came to me son of man wail over the multitude of egypt and send them down her and the daughters of majestic nations to the world below to those who have gone down to the pit whom do you surpass in beauty go down and be laid to rest with the uncircumcised they shall fall amid those who are slain by the sword of Egypt is delivered to the sword drag her I'm sorry who are slain by the sword Egypt is delivered to the sword drag her away and all her multitudes the mighty chief shall speak of them with their helpers out of the midst of Sheol they they have come down They lie still, the uncircumcised lie, by the sword. Assyria is there and all her company, its graves all around it, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, whose graves are set up in the uttermost parts of the pit. And her company is all around her grave, is all around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who spread terror in the land of the living. Elam is there, and all her multitude around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who went down uncircumcised into the world below, who spread their terror in the land of the living, and they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. They have made her a bed among the slain with all her multitude, her graves all around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword for for terror of them was spread in the land of the living, and they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit, they are placed among the slain. Meshach Tubal is there, it's very repetitive.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And all her
0: multitude, her graves all around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword, for they spread their terror in the land of the living. And they do not lie with the mighty, the fallen from among the uncircumcised, who went down to Sheol with their weapons of war, whose swords were laid under their heads and whose iniquities are upon their bones, for the terror of the mighty men was in the land of the living. But as for you, you shall be broken and lie among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword. Edom is there, her kings, And all her princes, who for all their might are laid with those who are killed by the sword, they lie with the uncircumcised with those who go down to the pit. The princes of the north are there, all of them, and all the Sidonians who have gone down in shame with the slain for all the terror that they caused by their might. They lie uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword and bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. When Pharaoh sees them, he will be comforted for all his multitude." Pharaoh and all his army slain by the sword declares the Lord God for I spread terror in the land of the living and he shall be laid to rest among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword Pharaoh and all his multitude declares the Lord God.
1: A lot of, lot of slain uncircumcised people going down to the pit. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it, it's interesting because like with this prophecy, right, is like he's listing off is this person going to be spared? Nope. You're not going to be spared. Are you going to be spared? You're not going to be spared. So like my only thought in this is like, you're hearing, you know, you're you're one of the countries or people groups on this list and you're like, all right, those guys are screwed. And those guys are screwed. And it's like, Oh, and I'm, I'm not any better. So like, like (laughs) the repetitiveness, I just think of like, is he going to say the same thing about me? Yeah. Um, but yeah.
0: Okay, let's see. Okay, let's do some previews of coming attractions, and then we can... I think we maybe have two streams more, or maybe we'll... Yeah, probably two, right? (sighs) So we're kind of going back to Israel for 33, 34, 35, I think,
1: yeah, we have 48 chapters in Ezekiel.
0: Okay, so maybe three streams.
1: Maybe. Um, Depends on how long we want to do the streams, but... uh, yeah probably three more um
0: 37 is the valley of dry bones and 38 we get the prophecy against gog which is interesting that's 38 and 39 is all gog and then we get the vision of the new temple in chapter 40 and 41. there's a whole lot of restoration at the end so maybe we can do the whole
1: full you know israel restored uh verses for a stream so yeah
0: there's a lot of, of so like a whole uh, restoration, like restoration upper, stuff.
1: yeah like positive ending to this book that's a lot about people being slain and laid down with the uncircumcised in a pit
0: yeah f- all yeah 40 all the way through the end 40 through 48 yeah. are all restoration that's that's a you know lot. What?
1: probably we could do it two streams maybe then maybe yeah. if we do
0: up to 40
1: yep renewal then, of of uh we'll go through the whole dry bones thing next time yeah which is like a whole section and it's worth talking about. And then maybe Mm -hmm. we'll get into the Ezekiel's temple and the restoration in one or two more streams, so.
0: There's a lot there with the new temple. A lot, a lot of words. There is a lot
1: there. There's a lot of words. (laughs) So, but yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that's where we're at, guys. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I am exhausted today, so I'm a little bit uh, not. fully with it um, but yeah we just wanted to come here and uh, read this and chat with you guys I was just looking through chat see if there's anything really interesting and maybe we'll just uh, continue the conversation over mm-hmm. on discord or whatever um, but what's your thoughts
0: yeah I'm, I'm kind of stuck on the tree stuff I want to I know more about it I want to understand more about it because it feels like in all of these passages things are being talked about a lot of things are talked about in Ezekiel that are just like It feels like everything's buried. Every weird thing is buried in this weird book that everyone's going to just kind of like skim over because it's weird. But it feels like there's a lot of stuff hidden here.
1: It is weird. And I feel like that is exactly why we picked it. It's like, all right, well, we've got like UFOs in the beginning. We've got all this (laughs) like talk of trees and fallen angel stuff and weird things. And it's like
0: Atlantis and
1: Atlantis. Yeah, there's so much here. And I feel like when I'm reading commentary on it, it's like people get hung up on the most mundane details of it that I think are not that interesting and not that important. Like uh, we don't have to go into it right now, but like the whole, you know, how did Ezekiel know about Daniel thing? They're both living in the same place at the same time. And one of them was kind of famously like thrown into a lion, a den of lions. And it's like, how could Ezekiel possibly possibly have heard of this guy? And it's like, I'm not that I don't find that that interesting. It's like, of course he might've definitely probably heard of the guy who was like, (laughs) You know, there's the whole, the whole lot of things Daniel did in his time that would have been talked about around the town. That's my yeah. point. So like people get hung up on that and I'm like, I don't know. I think there's just more interesting stuff here. I think that there is a lot of um, imagery that just gets kind of overlooked. The tree imagery is interesting. The, yeah. the UFO imagery is interesting. I don't know if we have an, any answers on any of this stuff, but again, that's why we go through this to like figure out what questions need to be asked, right? Right.
0: It's almost like I don't even care. Well, I do care. But, like, the biggest thing for me is just that Ezekiel talks about UFOs. Ezekiel talks about Atlantis. Ezekiel talks about the massive trees. Right. Like, it's, it's there. Because uh, one of my big questions for a lot of things in history and mythology was, like, if these things existed, which it kind of feels like they did from just how... Mm-hmm. aggressively they're in all these mythologies why why didn't the bible talk about them and then, then it's like oh but but it did
1: but it did like that's the thing that we keep coming to and I, th- I think it's a thing we'll keep picking at and like showing throughout is like why didn't the bible talk about uh dragons and it's like oh it literally it it did though uh why didn't it talk about you know giants oh it, d- it did, did, did a ton uh or whatever it's like i think growing up is as people assume the bible doesn't talk about the things that uh it does or if 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 it seems like it's talking about it there's always like someone to a
0: reason to explain well
1: actually maybe if you you know uh, i mean look we already know this goes all the way back to like the whole genesis 6 conspiracy stuff like the the, one of the, the most basic thing right in the first six chapters of of the first book of the bible is like this whole thing about giants is going to be super important through the rest of the book. And if you misunderstand this part, as people have intentionally done, mm. you're going to miss a lot. And I feel like it's not just the Nephilim stuff. I think there's more stuff in the Bible that has been intentionally misunderstood by right. people who have the the mindset of that can't be real instead of like the Bible says it is. So maybe we should try to understand what God was telling us. Yeah. Whether it be dragons, which are in there or, you know, like, well, I want to know more about Leviathan and, and yeah. uh, what's the other one, the, the big beast one behemoth behemoth and things like yeah, yeah yeah so stuff like that where it's like it's there so are we just taking it all as
0: figurative you, you know job might be a good one to do
1: job might be an interesting one to do that's where behemoth comes from right
0: yeah behemoth and leviathan are both in job a bunch of the flatter stuff's in job um or the reasons people think the earth is flat isn't is in job yeah um so there's a bunch of interesting like spiritual warfare stuff in job
1: Yep. Post Tenebrous Lux says that comes from the stripping away of the supernatural elements during the Enlightenment. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a whole lot of that um, in my research lately that we'll we'll talk about in future episodes. But there's seems like a very intentional. uh, I don't even know how to put it like just like putting up like thicker, like thickening the veil, like putting blinders on your eyes. There's, There's like some metaphor for what happened during the Enlightenment that has made people misunderstand things. I've talked about it a little bit. Um, and some of it's just like self, like I say self, but like Christians just like shooting themselves in the foot is maybe the way to put it of like, how, how do I, how do I argue my point through the lens of an atheistic materialistic Mm. understanding of the world? And it's like, well, the atheistic materialistic understanding of the world is false. false. So arguing from a position of weakness and a position of falseness is just stupid. And we've just all kind of fallen into that trap. So anyway. I'll stop ranting, but this is where we're at, guys. We're going to continue yeah. these. We'll be back Wednesday talking about the Freemasons. Uh, we've got some interesting stuff coming up on Thursday. Um, the last thing I'll just leave you guys with is just uh, if you think about it if, it, if it's on your heart, just pray for Abby. Pray for myself. Uh, I have not been feeling well. Um, I just need prayers for that. I'm not going to say much more than that, but I uh, could just really use some prayers. Um, do you have anything to say, Abby, before we take off?
0: Yeah, I think we're just you know both of us are going going through a lot or have a lot like of anxiety stuff on us for the future or whatever. So, yeah, we could we could all use some some prayers.
1: All right. Cool. Well, you guys have a great night. We'll see you Wednesday. God bless.